Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I am here, as always, with my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Doing all right. I'm doing another remote episode, as it were, traveling again. Yep. Got a sore neck from sitting on the plane. Yeah. Uh, so we are in a slightly different audio interface, uh, if you guys could not tell. So we apologize for any differing in audio quality from what you're used to, but we're going to power through all the same. We are here today to bring you our preview for the Packers Sunday matchup against the Detroit Lions. We offer these pregames every single Thursday night. We do postgames every single Sunday night if you want to check it out. And if you want to keep up with the episodes and other Packers news and notes throughout the league, our Twitter would be a great place to do that. At Father Son Packer on Twitter, we tweet out when new episodes come out. We tweet out Packers news, injury reports, articles that we think uh, people would find interesting. If you want to come give us a follow there, we would really appreciate it. On YouTube, we are at Father Son Packers Podcast. If you want to check that out as well, it would really help our numbers if you followed us in those two spots. But that's the plug really quick. Dad, do you want to get into Packers news, Packers notes? Sure. Let's get into the Packers news or in some cases, lack of news. Yes, so before we break down this pregame, we're just going to quickly touch on the trade deadline. Packers didn't do anything. That's it. That's that. That's that's what we're touching Shocker. on today. Yes. As, as uh, Tommy's cousin uh, said when asked, why do we ever expect the Packers to do something at the trade deadline? And he said that because we're like Charlie Brown hoping to cook kick that football. <laughs> it's that, and it's um, the Arrested Development one where... I don't know if you've watched Arrested Development, but there's a scene where he goes into the fridge. His brother's a magician, and he sees a brown paper bag, and it says, Dead Dove, do not open. And then he opens it, and he looks up, and he says, and he looks at the camera, and he says, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much, it's the same old for the Packers. They were in on a lot of conversations. To break it down, they apparently, according to reports, did offer a second to the Steelers for Chase Claypool, receiver. But the Steelers decided to go with Chicago's offer, which was also a second because they thought Chicago's um, second would be better. So Chicago got a little bonus for sucking all these years. So that's like the biggest highlight for the Packers for the trade deadline is that the Steelers were also willing to diss the Bears. Hooray. Yes. Hooray. (laughs) Uh, So there's that. And then they had conversations about Jerry Judy and Brandon Cooks with the Broncos and Texans respectively, but apparently were not a... um, not willing to match the price that was asked for, which was a second and a fourth or a second and a fifth, depending on the report you read. Uh, With Cooks, the other issue was taking on the $18 million guaranteed next year, which would have been a bit of a hurdle for the cap. Uh, And then Judy, it just seems like they didn't think he was worth quite what the asking price was. And so they were in on these conversations and did not make a move. Dad, it is frustrating, but like I was saying to some of my friends I don't know. A receiver would definitely make this team more fun to watch. I don't know if it would make this team up to a contender level. What do you? What do you? How did you feel about it? It would have been nice to have an established receiver who has actually produced um, at least one season before, instead yeah. of hoping you know having. I guess we've got Cobb and Watkins, but. Do we it's just we we rolled out with like our t- our only two experienced uh, receivers were almost guaranteed to get hurt at some point in the season. Even Lazard has been hurt for a while in every season of his career as well. Yeah, it was and just this is what they should have they should have been planning for this. 
Yeah, it seems to me that the issue is not not doing anything at the trade deadline. The issue is not doing anything during the offseason, in my opinion. Ding, 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 ding. Or yeah. the previous three. It's true. Seasons. I mean, it just seems like they were a little optimistic about what Sammy Watkins could bring to the table. All the talk over the offseason is like, Sammy's going to be a big part of this offense. Sammy's going to be the leading, the lead receiver in this offense. It's looking, especially in hindsight, it looks like they were very optimistic about what he was going to be able to contribute to the team. Man, that's shocking. That's yeah. That, I mean, we... That you would make plans around that. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And then this isn't made, meant... To, you should have made plans that anything you got from Sammy was gravy. Yeah. And, not, and I mean... And not and not to meet the not to meet the potatoes. Yeah, and I don't mean on this to bag on Sammy Watkins. I mean he's had a really tough time just staying healthy, but I I don't really understand why they put so many eggs in that basket. And it seems like they they essentially were expecting him to be the number one or one B receiver for at least the first seven to eight weeks while the young guys got ready, and it has not worked to say the least. I think. It's fair to say yeah. it has not worked at all. And the 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 injury start to Watson's career is certainly not helped. And I can't remember yeah. now. Christian, I've been meaning to look up the last few is. weeks. Yeah. Uh, right, for Watson. I've been meaning to look up how many games he missed in college. I don't know if that was a thing for him already that they could have known or if it was not something that's happened before. I just haven't looked. Yeah, I mean, man, has he been unlucky. Off-season yeah, knee surgery hamstring injury hamstring injury he's finally back concussion on this first touch like yep so why don't we just transition into the injury report now we're halfway there yeah seems like we're more than halfway there i mean so let's just rip through this injury report as of thursday which is when we are recording for the packers just starting off david bakhtiari was a dnp both days and he was a dnp on thursday as well and he did end up practicing Friday and then played Sunday. So it's not impossible that he still plays, but it's definitely not great that he hasn't practiced yet this week. Going down the list, Devondre Campbell, DNP both days. He hurt his knee versus Buffalo, and he probably is not going to play. Elton Jenkins was a DNP on Wednesday and then limited today on Thursday. It's good that he's kind of getting back onto the practice field after not playing versus the Bills because of his foot injury. Uh, it's good that he's making progress there. Christian Watson was a DNP Wednesday and then limited on Thursday, so it sounds like he's progressing through the concussion protocols. He was also in pads today, so that's kind of a good sign, but obviously he needs to get all the way through those protocols if he wants to play on Sunday. Alan Lazard was limited both days, Wednesday and Thursday. He didn't play last uh, game with the shoulder, so hopefully he will this game. He was a DNP all week last week, so definitely some progress from last week to this week. Aaron Rodgers was limited and limited on Wednesday and Thursday. I think this is the most important one because this is the first time that he has practiced on a Wednesday since he hurt his thumb versus the Giants. So maybe that thumb's getting a little better and maybe we see an upturn in his play. Preston Smith was limited on Wednesday and Thursday for a shoulder and neck injury that he sustained at the end of the Buffalo game. It's good that he was able to practice. I was a little concerned about this one because he is a bit older and shoulder and neck are never good, but sounds like he might be good to go. And then Shamar John Charles was a DNP both days. Assuming he won't play, didn't last week. And then two other updates. The Packers have uh, activated Kylan Hill uh, and have also activated uh, Chris Barnes' window. 
So okay, right. He, he's not activating. They just started his twenty-one day window. Yes, but bonds. both we might get both of them back uh, very soon. Um, and the corresponding move for Kylan was they put they cut uh, Patrick Taylor and then re-signed him to the practice squad. Dad, do you have any thoughts on the Packers side of the injury report? Yeah, so the Campbell seems kind of not surprising that he's not able to practice this week because they already the optimistic outlook after the you know after the game was that it wouldn't be that long term, but it seems likely he would miss at least one week. I think um, we should count ourselves. He, I think we should count ourselves lucky that it's not going to be a long term injury with a knee. Knock right. on wood, obviously. And Bakhtiari, when I first saw the the DNPs, I was a little bit concerned because that isn't his sort of prescribed schedule schedule with having a rest day in there, having both of those off in a row, though he did do it last week. So I guess there's still a chance. Um, last week, he was limited Wednesday, DNP Thursday, I think. No, so that was more like his regular schedule where he was on one and off one. Yeah. So this is... This is different. after playing that full game, whether that he's DMP both days. Yeah. Jenkins being able to practice some is good. Watson, you know, it's all kind of how he responds to the concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. And whether the Rice Krispies are out of Alan Lazard's shoulder or not, <laughs> I guess we'll have to find out. Maybe just a, maybe just a pop and not a snap just and a crackle. Pop, snap if he just crackle. has one of the three, can he play, you know? <laughs> one of the three is limited? Because he was yeah. a DMP. Last week he was DNP all week, right? Yeah, he did not. Pl- he did not practice all weekend. Pretty much, so we knew on we knew on like Wednesday or he early Thursday said he wasn't going to be able to go yeah, on Thursday. Exactly. So I mean, this he was he was in a sling at the start of last week, so it felt like he wasn't yeah. going to play. This but. is definitely uh, increases activity. Yeah. Anything else on the Packers side, or should we move over to the Lions? Let's side? move over to the Lions now. Yeah, Lions got a li- bit of a laundry list going on there. Injury report. Um, just going to run through them really quick. Derek Barnes, linebacker, um, he's listed with a knee injury, but he was a full participant Thursday, so I would imagine he plays. Taylor Decker, one of their tackles, was added to the injury report Thursday as limited with a back injury, popping up on the injury report from a full Mid-week on Wednesday to a limited a Thursday. Yeah. It's not great, um, especially a back injury for a bigger guy. Not great. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, one of their safeties, has a finger injury, but he was a full participant both days, so you'd imagine he plays. Charles Harris, one of their edge rushers, um, groin limited on Wednesday and Thursday, something to keep an eye on. Mike Hughes, one of their corners, uh, has a bit of a knee injury, but he was also full both days, so it sounds like he's going to play. Chase Lucas, one of their corners, was a DNP both days with an ankle. Sounds like he's probably not going to play then. Ifeatu Melifonwu, one of their safeties, uh, DNP both days, ankle. Uh, Matt Nelson, one of their tackles, DNP both days, calf. AJ Parker, one of their corners, DNP both days, hip. Frank Ragnow, their starting center, limited on Wednesday, full on Thursday with a foot injury, so sounds like he's going to be good to go. Josh Reynolds, wide receiver, limited on Wednesday, DNP on Thursday with a back injury. Again, back. He's another one who went backwards um, as the week went on. Going backwards with a back injury is not a great combo. Panay Sewell was a DNP Wednesday and Thursday. He is their best tackle, and it was for personal reasons, but according to some quick Googling and some Twitter searching, he just had a baby today. So congratulations to Panay Sewell, and it sounds like he's probably going to play then. DeAndre Swift, the running back, was a DNP Wednesday, and it sounded like Matt Campbell was thinking he would not play this weekend, but then on Thursday he was limited, so... Who knows what's going on with that? It sounded like they thought he got kind of dinged up and hurt in their game on Sunday, but now it sounds like he's going to play this weekend. That's definitely one to keep an eye on because he is their starting running back. He's a borderline star in this league and definitely going to really 
give a lot more burst to their running game if he does play. And then last but not least, Brock Wright, one of their tight ends, was a DNP on Wednesday and limited on Thursday with a concussion. So he's also advancing through the concussion protocol. And it's going to be dependent on how he advances through that to whether or not he plays on Sunday. Dad, a lot of secondary members and a lot of offensive linemen on this report for the Lions. Yeah, and I'm like, are they just listing absolutely everything here to throw off the Packers? I don't know what they're doing. It's a really I mean, long list of players. They listed a bunch of guys who were full both days, and I was like, okay. I don't think I don't know if we're right. listing those this guys. This is why but... I'm wondering what's going on with that. That seems, um, but uh, a few people getting downgraded during the week isn't good. Um, and then, but other ones, and and they're. What two starting tackles? I forget. Decker's a starter now. Yeah, he's pro- he's projected to be their starting no. left tackle. So. so maybe can we encourage him to enjoy like maybe three yeah. or four days of fatherhood before getting back to uh, just work? take a f- take a few days off, man. Why not? You know, let's I win think, game. Yeah, you're one in six. Just take just take a day <laughs> off. Um, but uh, so yeah, both their tackles are. Kind of questionable to play, although they're probably no, more likely. They're saying Sewell's going to play, so. Yeah. And then their center, um, Ragnow, is probably going to play since he's kind of moving forward he, a little bit. And right, he was full full go today. Yes, but three of their starting linemen are on the injury report, and then some of their depth pieces as well. So that's tough. And then several of their secondary members, I mean, two corners Which and one of their starting safeties. Which has already been safeties. kind of a mess. Yes, we'll get into that. Um, <clears throat> do, do you want to just move on to our next section? Sure, let's move on to uh, get get into our game preview. Yes. Um, do you want to hit us with the blast from the past? This section we <laughs> so, like to do every week. Uh, it's We talk about kind of the history between these two teams and the last time they played. And specifically this time, the last time they played was week 18 of 2022. Yep, so I just I just went over the, the one game because this is the that Detroit actually beat Green Bay when they only played their starters for half the game. This is also Bakhtiari's only action at all last year. Yep. And and Detroit, they they emptied the playbook in that game. There were so many trick plays. They were all over the place. They had a a touchdown pass off of a wide receiver option off of a reverse. Um, It was fun. (laughs) And then they had uh, another touchdown off of a off of a flea flicker. So they were they were. Pulling, pulling out, out all the stops. stops. Why not? Leave nothing. Leave no stone unturned. And, I mean, week and the, eighteen. And the, and the Lions have given you know the Lafleur Packer version of the Packers some trouble. You know, they had a couple of years. I guess it was twenty nineteen where they won they, both. The Packers won both games while leading for exactly zero seconds. Hurrah! Yeah, <laughs> on I two mean, the Lions second field field goals. Even the Matt Patricia Lions, yeah, like you were saying, gave us trouble. And I'd say this version of the Lions is a lot scrappier. Uh, and also in that game, um, they lost in that week 18 game, 2022, not the 2019 ones in that game last year, they lost MVS and right. then he was Which not able to play the playoffs. Yeah. It completely neutered their offense in a lot of ways. They had no speed over the top for that playoff. This game. is the thing. Like I keep wanting the Packers to have more than one speed guy. They really put, they really put they one have, speed guy had, on the roster. They had and that's MVS it. for a few years. Now he's gone, and we've got Christian Watson, and and that's it. And so every time that one person gets hurt, we no longer have a field stretching yep. as, um, component to the teams. Like, can we please have more than one speed threat on the roster? Yeah, I mean, it seems like 
the offense just really struggles a lot when you can't have a guy taking the the lid off the defense. It's like the and, whole structure breaks down. Yeah, it's it is kind of weird how they only ever have so like one vertical yeah. speed threat. It, it, so at that's a time. just a failure of team composition. Yeah, I mean speed is speed is valuable in the NFL. You do often have to pay a premium for speed, but there's fast guys out there that they could have gone and got. But right, there are fast guys out there who are more role players, but could provide that, you know, um, spark. But we're getting and also the structure in part in some yes. ways. It's just how how the, how it sets up the field. But we're getting Rather... we're getting dangerously close to talking about the trade deadline again. So I'm going to get us back on track. All right, let's get back on track. To... We, yeah, we haven't even finished what's going on in Wild in uh, Lions. Yes. World. So what's going on for the Lions? They are one in six, but they have been pretty competitive in a lot of these games. Four of these losses were by four or three points, um, including at Minnesota and against Philadelphia. Uh, they did get blown out by New England and Dallas, and their only win was against the Washington Commanders. I mean, we which weren't is, able to beat them, so is, I can't really, yeah, I can't really can say, say much. For that opponent. Um, going down the list, they just traded away their former 2019 first-round pick, eighth pick overall, TJ Hawkinson, to the Minnesota Vikings in some for some picks. And they also just fired their defensive backs coach, Aubrey Pleasant. Uh, their defense has really struggled this year, which we'll get into uh, a bit later, specifically their pass defense, and they decided they needed to make a change there. So Can that's I the make majority. a comment on, you know going in a new direction when somebody doesn't do their job up to the standard you like them, them to? We'll just leave that hanging out there in the ether. Yeah, just not pointed no, no at reason. any specific person. <laughs> just just left out there for observation and no comment. Um, yeah, so they've made some changes. We're going to see if those changes have any effect. Um, beyond that, they've been dealing with some injuries, like we uh, said during our injury report. They've struggled to get wins, but they've been scrappy in a lot of these games, just like the Matt Campbell Lions were last year. Scrappy bunch, biting kneecaps, doing their thing. Yep. The funny thing is, like, he Campbell is this interesting mix of, like, you know, old school, we're going to chew your leg off football, but then he'll throw in all these, like, crazy plays, too. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so many, it was so many trick plays last year. I remember just, I'm like, man, if we needed this win, I'd be so annoyed right now. <laughs> I was yeah. like, if this win mattered for the Packers, I'd be so pissed right now. But anyway, that's what's going on in Lions World. Should we get into the meat and potatoes, like we said earlier, of this game? Yes, let's let's get into it. Yeah, so what we like to do in every single one of these episodes is have kind of a thorough game preview, game breakdown. And we like to start with the opposition. So, Dad, do you want to take it off first? What makes the Lions a tough matchup? So I would say the what's... The only thing that's really making them a tough matchup this year is, is their offense able to put up points. Yeah. You know, so they're they're fourth in yards per game, ninth in scoring average, and they're tenth in DVOA by football outsiders as a as a total as offense. As an offense, right? Yeah. And so just looking at what they've done, you know, they had thirty eight points against the Eagles, who are the second best defense by DVOA. Yep. Thirty six on Washington, who is fifteenth. 28 on Minnesota, who's 21st, 45 on Seattle, who's 11th, and 27 on Miami, who's 25th in DVOA. And it's kind of a mix. You know, first it's like, well, they got 38 in Philly, who's second against the pass and only 22nd against the run. But then they got 36 on Washington, who's 28th against the pass and second against the run. So it's like a reverse. So there's not a real 
pattern that's obvious, like that they're exploiting a particular kind of defense. They're just able to, you know, put drives together and, and uh, play with pace. They did struggle against New England and Dallas, who are both good defenses, third and sixth. Um, and they're good against the pass, but not the run, both of those, both of those defenses. Um, but in those games, like against um, Dallas, they had five turnovers. Ooh. And New England held them to only 3.7 yards per rush. Mm-hmm. So I think there are particular reasons why. Those and am I correct made. that New England shut them out? They didn't score a point? Yes, they shut them out completely. Yeah. And they only and, scored six against Dallas. And just taking a quick pick, uh, quick peek at the, the lines for this game, um, the over-under is 49.5, and, and the Packers are 3.5-point favorites. So looks like, uh, doing the quick math in my head, the – Implied point total for the Lions is like 23, 23 and a half, something around there? Something around there. Yeah, 23. Yeah, It'd be 23 and, and the uh, Packers 26 and, 26 and a half. And a half. Yeah. yeah. So they're so projected. They, Vegas is t- saying they're going to score about 23 on us. So we'll right. see. And, and so they've been able to score, put up points on defenses that are better than the Packers so far this year. The Packers, in comparison, yeah. are only 22nd by DVOA on defense. Yeah. Um, and Green Bay as an offense is worse in points per drive than, than, um, Detroit. Detroit Hmm. is 12th. Um, so, oh, I was going to say there's a little bit, something more I want to say about the yards per. Well, while you look for that, I can talk a little bit about what I think makes the Lions a tough matchup. And to me, like you said, it's, it's not their defense, it's their offense. And for me, I specifically had their running game. Um, they, just have a really solid running attack. They have a really good offensive line. And I mean, they're seventh in rush DVOA per football outsiders, 5.2 yards per carry, which is tied for fourth in the NFL, 137 rushing yards per game. Um, if they don't have DeAndre Swift, however, uh, the rest of their running backs are averaging just about 4.4 yards per carry. But, you know, even if they don't, uh, they still have a really solid O line. Like I said, PFF has them as the eighth ranked offensive line going into week nine. Uh, I'd say that that's a pretty hefty advantage that they have over the Packers kind of mediocre to bad defensive line. And I think just in the trenches is where the Lions kind of that makes them a tough matchup. They really run the ball well. Old school football, biting kneecaps, getting dirty, down in the mud. Dan Campbell. I said said Matt Campbell earlier also, by the way. I (laughs) meant Dan Campbell. That's on me. Yeah, uh, went right over my head. I was probably busy looking up something that I couldn't remember. Yeah, I think Matt Campbell is uh, the football coach for Iowa State. Yes, that's right. But anyway, did you find the specific stat that you wanted to talk about, or should we move on to how we think the Lions are going to try and exploit the Packers? Oh, so one thing I wanted to say about the uh, the Lions... Um offense is that they're ninth in um, points per drive and seventh in yards per drive. And so Green Bay is what they're actually 18th in points per drive and 12th in yards per drive. So they've got like a big discrepancy in Mm -hmm. how many points they're getting basically kind of per drive yard. Yeah. Well, Detroit's doing a better job of that, converting drives to, to um, points. Yeah, I mean, the Lions offense has been really good this year, and 
I think yeah. just and going into pass blocking going, by DVOA is good with few sacks given up. Yeah. And going into the next section, how we think the Lions are going to take advantage of the Packers, I think I'm just going to double down on running the ball. I mean, the Packers are going to be without their starting middle linebacker in Campbell. And the D-line has been bad this year, besides Kenny. Um, bad stop in the run. Lowry and Reed have not been difference makers. I hope we see a lot of Slayton in this game. Um, but just running the ball. And then the other thing that I think they're going to take advantage of us, um, attack, attacking the slot with Amon Ross St. Brown. The Packers have really struggled to nail down the slot corner position. And that's a lot of where Amon Ra does his work out of. And he's been a monster so far for them. Will they have Jair travel inside to, uh, to guard him? I would assume not because they didn't do it for Stefan Diggs. because they don't? Yeah, because they choose not to. I'm going to guess they keep, they're going to keep Goff Douglas. Is, at least their excuse for that was that Allen was such a good runner. They didn't want yeah. to be in man so much. So that's not an excuse in this game. Well, they just come up with a different excuse because that's just what they want to do no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, and just speaking about the slot, it's probably going to be, if it, if Jair's not traveling, which he didn't versus the Bills, he kind of did versus the Jets, and it's kind of been a bit of a weird mystery on how they deploy him, honestly, this whole year. It'll probably be Douglas, and he's really honestly not been great in the slot this year. He's much better boundary corner. Joe Barry talked today during his presser. They asked him essentially what we wanted to do, what they wanted to do with Savage. And they asked why not play Savage at the slot because he's really struggled at free safety this year. And maybe that could give him, just put him in a better position to succeed. And Joe Barry pretty much said, if we put him in the slot, we think he could be a good slot, but then we'd have no one to play safety. And my answer to that is you're just kind of, no, you're just kind of, I don't, I don't know if I want Rasul back there, but you're just put forward back there. Cause 'cause, I'm I'm ready to put, I'm ready to put forward instead of Savage anyway. Yeah. Because it's like Savage is a below-average safety right now, and you're saying you'd have no he's one to put one back at safety. He's, he's actually he's actually one of the worst safeties. One of the, in the worst league. in the league right now by P, by PFF grade, which take with a grain yeah. of salt. But by PFF grade, he is one of the worst cover the worst overall safeties in the league. He can't tackle and it's not doing not making any plays in coverage that would really make up for that. But it does. I would not mind seeing Douglas at safety and. Savage at slot corner if they decide to do that this game. But like we said, we're talking about how the Lions are going to take advantage of the Packers, and I just think that that slot matchup is a big mismatch if they decide to stick with what they've been doing. Yep. Do you have anything that so you feel like I is a mismatch? Kind of some of the same things about uh, the run game, and that I think they will ride that run game whether they have Swift or not. It might be how? a Jamal Williams show. Maybe we'll get to see Jamal Williams slash Hingle McCringleberry. I, we hope we don't see him dancing in the end zone. I do love Jamal. I do love Jamal. How how much do you think it's going to hurt not having Campbell? Because it's probably going to be McDuffie, right? Yes. McDuffie was most likely going to be coming in. He was the first one in. And I think, you know, if it was the other way around, if it was Walker, if, if Campbell was the only one, then I think they might do more just a single penny. middle linebacker. Yeah, just lots of penny. And, and uh, which Campbell did so well at last year. Um, this is a little bit more of a mystery. What's yeah. going to happen uh, with Campbell out? It's not um, the best matchup to be without your middle linebacker. Yeah, I think also that the the Lions going to um, play with pace. They are fifth in offensive uh, oh, man. play speed, and I, that's the Packers are bottom five. I was going to say even beyond that, the Packers have 
struggled against pace since before Barry was even here. Like they are, yeah. they are not a good defense playing against like teams that play fast. I didn't realize that about the Lions. That's a good cut. Yeah, and the other thing is the Lions are actually really good in the red zone. They're mm-hmm. third in the league at converting red zone chances, the percent percentage of red zone chances that turn into touchdowns. Um, okay. I forget who the first is Kansas City. I forget who second, but they were third at 72% by teamrankings.com. And but Green Bay's got the fourth best red zone defense. They only give up 45% um, of the red zone chances into touchdowns. So, so it's we'll going to be a lot that, of a lot of situational so we'll football goes. it seems like. Yeah. And the other thing I think the Lions will try to do to exploit the Packers is I expect to see some weird ass trick plays again this year. Why not? They're 1 and 6. They got nothing to lose. Right. Pull out all the stops. They be, if they it, beat us it, here, it, that's right. That's what are you save? What are you saving them for when you're one and six? What are you saving them for? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. They got I us. Wanna, I don't want to use up our trick plays too early because they're going to be. Otherwise, we won't be able to use them at the end of the year when we're one and fifteen. And boy, <laughs> are the Packers bad at defending trick plays. Oh, they like, my goodness. They, they over pursue so hard sometimes and are yeah. so out of position. I mean, at least they're aggressive. I guess. <laughs> right but anyways we've been doing a lot of a and lot i think of... that, that and that's actually one of the same things i think that the same mentality that leads to that is what gives them trouble in some of the run fits yeah is they over pursue out of position and right back behind you yep yeah i mean the the run defense is going to be significantly tested in this game i think even if swift doesn't play i mean just the D-line has not been... The D-line's been getting manhandled by worse O-lines than this. So, do we want to move yeah. on to, though, how yeah, we think the Packers... Yeah, let's go on to how the... Yeah, um, let's go on to how the Packers are going to try to exploit the Lions. Yeah, so... Do you so want to go first this time? I'll go first. I only really had one thing, because I think you have a little more than I did. Um, the secondary for the Lions is just awful. I mean, they've been really bad this year. Akuda's had a bit of a bounce-back year this year. But the rest of their secondary has been horrific. They can't stop. They have not been able to stop the pass all year long. And so maybe this can be a bit of a springboard for the passing offense. And they can, they should be able to throw against them. I mean, like we said before, they just fired their defensive backs coach because um, he wasn't getting the job done. What's that like? Um, and they're missing three additional members of their secondary that are expected not to play. So... I mean, they should be able to pass on them. Yep. Yep. So let's see what they, I mean. They should be able to because this the, not only should I, should I go on because the Lions defense is not just bad; they are historically bad. Um, they are last in covering tight ends. By this is these are DVO DVOA numbers. Football Football Outsiders. Last in covering wide receiver ones, last in covering wide receiver twos, and third to last in covering pass catching running backs. Um, hey, DVO, we, we have one of those. We can kind of do that a little bit. Right. By, their DVO this year is the second worst in the last five years. The only team that was worse was the 2019 Miami Dolphins in the tank for two a year, where in order to get worse, this is what the Dolphins did. In their first two games, they lost one of them 43 nothing, and the other one 59-10. 
and that's what they needed to do to be worse than the Lions are the, this year. The only team that's had a worse defense by DVOA um, in the last five years that's worse than the current Lions defense. So yeah, can the Packers use this as a get-right game? The offense is improving, but we need to convert more drives into points. Green Bay's 17th in yards per drive, and I think that's trending up, but they're still only 26th in points per drive because they have all these, like, you know, they they put on pile on some yards and eventually fail on fourth and one and get zero. So that's like those those drives are killing the the points per drive. Um I think the Green Bay will continue to run the ball first. I think they're trying to keep their same schedule. And the Lions are also 30th in run D. They're dead last in pass, but they're 30th. They're only like one spot better than the Packers in run defense. Um, and then I think they'll they'll get that set up, and then they'll keep working mid and possibly some deep range to try to work out the kinks against the, the, the Lions' terrible uh, passing defense. Yeah, and it sounds like we're kind of already touching on this, but do you want to move on to what we want to see from the Packers in this game? Sure. So um, I'll start. Or no, go, you go ahead first. Go ahead and tell okay. us what you want to see from the Packers in this game. So I have a couple of things on defense that I'm hoping to see the Packers start to do or do better. One of them is doing a better job of filling the gaps on run D and finishing them with tackles. So we have, you know, a bunch of cases where safety or linebacker is failing to come up into the gap and stop the run play for like a three or four, four yard gain instead of a 15 to 20 yard gain. And tackle to the ground please for the love of all things good and and right tackle to the ground um yeah we've i mean we've seen jamal here for years he he will hit you physically in the run game he will run full speed through your chest and if you're not ready for it he's gonna run you over yep and then the other thing he's gonna run you over and then he's gonna dance on you and I, I love seeing that in Green Bay, but I'm not going to, I'm going to enjoy it still actually a little bit, I would, but I'm not going to enjoy it if we're losing. Somebody posts some clips of him dancing before the game. So it, you're not worrying about, or he's not out of the field warming up by dancing with his headphones on. And then that doesn't impact how I feel about the game. I mean, um, I, I, I love when Jamal dances, but if he's dancing on us when they're up he's 17 on the us. So, and I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be happy if he's dancing after like a big 30 yard run, even I if it's not in the end zone. He, if he if he if we're up thirty five to ten and he's dancing, that's okay. Oh sure, why not? I mean, I I am all for a Jamal Williams shimmy, but if we're losing and I see that shimmy, I'm gonna be a little happy, but I'm also gonna be a little distraught. I'm gonna be a little upset. <laughs> so the um, the other thing I'd like to see, I want to start I want to start seeing them convert more pressures to sacks. Um, and I think that's something that I have written down. I I think that. If they keep that aggressive approach on the D-line, if they can get as many pressures as they did against Josh Allen on Jared Goff, not only do I think they're going to convert a lot more of those to sacks, I think they might force a fumble or two. They could. I think he's prone to that. Though Goff has given us has had strangely good games against us. Last year, his second and fourth best games of the year were against Green Bay. That's and not what he, I want to hear. 
I don't I don't want to hear that. This is and yeah, this is always, what we want to see from Green Bay section, not the Jared not the Jared well, Goff section. Well, this is why I want to see it better. I want to see them converting these sacks because they have not been doing enough of them. No. Um, They've had a nice pressure rate, honestly, this year, mostly by Gary and Preston and some Kenny. But yeah, they have not been converting enough of them to sacks except for Gary. Yeah, Gary and Preston, I think, are both up there in pass rush pass rush win rate. They made um, that so hard to na- so hard to say when they created that stat. Just as a brief aside, pass rush win rate is very hard to say. Um, that that uh, they're both in the top ten, I think, for edge right now in in that. So they're 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 no um no maybe maybe uh, Gary I believe no, is top ten. Was, I don't know if Gary Preston was top is. ten and Kenny was top ten for defensive oh. tackles for defensive Gary, tackles. Okay. Gary surprisingly enough is also there in. Run stop win rate. That's kind of one of those things where some people think he's a good run defender, like the, some of the stats, and then people who watch film will tell you he's not a good run defender. I think part of it's just like sometimes he just goes way too far inside, and so you remember the, remember those plays. But I think down to down, he's actually okay at yeah. resetting I think the tackle and taking on he, pulling blockers. When he messes up, messes up, it's a big play. Yeah. So but when he takes on like pulling guards he'll smack him in the mouth. Like they are usually not ready for how big and strong he is. Yeah. And this is the thing of his first like year or two. He was like, Oh, he's actually a good run defender. If he's not doing, having much impact with his pass rush yet. Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, so anything else you want to see I'm from the Packers from, for the defense. And I'd like to see some more explosive plays from the offense. Um, if they were able to get a couple last week, I think this is a week to, to try to get that timing together as perhaps Roger's thumb is getting better. It might depend on um, uh, whether Christian Watson is able to play or not, how many of those they, they try. Yeah, and for me, what I want to see from the Packers is I just want to see them play how they did against the Bills and just play that exact same way against the Lions. I just want them to copy and paste the game plan. I want lots of running. And I want them to use Deguara as much as they did against the Bills. I thought that his lead blocking was instrumental to a lot of the run success that they had last week. I want them on offense to use a lot of the young receivers. Um, like we said with Sammy Watkins, like he's just not really giving you a whole lot right now at this stage of his career. Alan Lazard, in my opinion, has had a very disappointing year, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I think you've got to just see what you got with the young guys and just take your lumps with drops and otherwise because the older guys are dropping them too so it's like are we really getting that much more with the experienced guys than we are with the guys like Dobbs Watson Amari Toure like guys with a lot more juice than these these older veterans that they have I mean it feels like since Cobb went down they haven't really created many chunk plays with these veterans I know Lazard didn't play last week but Sammy Watkins was practically invisible versus the Bills he had one catch but I just want to yeah, see a lot that. more of these younger receivers and these younger players and just seeing what they have with them because I think that they are the most likely to improve as the year goes on, whereas Lazard and Sammy, are they kind of are what they are, you know? Um, they are I wanna, who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. It's a classic. Um, and then on defense, I just want to see the same opportunistic and aggressive defense that the Packers had last week. Uh, I know Josh Allen kind of gave them two gimmies, but... Capitalize on the gimmies because Goff does throw those as well. 
Little known fact, Goff will give you the ball a few times. Um, he's got that Kirk Cousins gene in him. Um, and I do think if, like I said, if they pressure Goff like they did Allen, they will be able to convert a lot more of those sacks. I mean, Allen's just almost generational with his physicality and ability to avoid sacks, and Goff is not the same. And Goff has small hands, so maybe you won't hold on to the ball as well. Um, Trip that ball. So that's he's trying to... Exactly. So that's kind of what I had at least for how I want the Packers to approach this game. Dad, did you have anything else here, or do you want to move on to our players to watch? Um, I think we move on to the players to watch. Okay, who'd you got? So my first one is Quay Walker, because with mm-hmm. Campbell unlikely to play, how does he do if he has to be the primary um, you know, middle linebacker on the field? And not only that, how will he respond from being ejected last week? Yes, that too. Will he, you know, Will he have the right level of aggression? Was he just like too, you know, fired up in that game and was just, you know, so he needs to actually play with the right amount of controlled aggression? You know, they do say they, the, the football, the football guys will say that they would rather have someone who they have to tell to tone it down than to have someone they need to ramp up. Yes. So, so will he, and, and, and will he be more assignment sure, you know, in terms of, going where he needs to go and how he'll handle um, wearing the green dot. Cause you said something about that. Actually you saw. Yeah. They, they planned to sounds like have Quay wear the green dot, assuming Campbell can't go, which is generally what they're thinking right now. Um, and so how will he do calling plays in the NFL transmitting what the defensive coordinator is telling him to the rest of the players and getting everyone lined up. It's a lot of responsibility for a rookie. Like you really need to be on your P's and Q's and really, really know the scheme. So how will that look? I wonder if having to know this make it better for him. I don't know. Maybe. And I do wonder though, why not just have Amos do it? But I mean, I don't know nearly as much about football. Right. I mean, teams have used, have had safeties do that in the past. It's, it's not, it's the not as thing. common, but it's it's not unheard of. Right. Other players I'd like to keep an eye on are, I'm going to keep an eye on Amari Rogers. It sounds kind of, some people might think I'm crazy, but uh, I want to see if he gets rewarded um, with more offensive snaps after making plays in two consecutive weeks. I'm firmly on the Amari as a receiver train. They can take him off of punt returning. I think it's shattering his confidence in a lot of ways. But he's looked good at times as a receiver and he's got a lot more juice than some of the other guys that they're throwing the ball to. And he's actually been able to do some stuff after he's, the catch that other guys haven't tackles. done. They're running screens to, to Tunyon. I to, mean, to, and Tunyon in his entire career has not been a yards after catch guy. Even in I thought you were really just going to say has never broken a tackle and you I would have believed caught, you. <laughs> miss, uh, catch and fall down Tunyon. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like we're ragging on Tony a little bit. He he does have some juice, but why not just run those for Amari, man? He's he's a way better guy with the ball in his hands than Tunyon is right now, at least, it seems like. I don't know. But I'm yeah. I'm here for the have, Amari redemption tour. Though I actually also have Tunyon on my list of players to watch. I want to see if they'll uh, try to hit more shots up the scene for him. They do need to attack which the middle they haven't of the field. Done, which they have not done much of this year. He's only had like... He had that one touchdown catch, which might be the only one I can think of, of off the top of my head where he's caught one up the seam this year. He's had two. There was one other one I remember because I was like, oh, it's nice to see Tunyon can still do that. It, I think it was one besides the touchdown catch. Okay. For me, 
my players to watch, my number one is Aaron Rodgers. Um, like we said before, this is the first time he's practiced on a Wednesday since hurting his thumb against the Giants. I thought he looked a lot better against the Bills than he had against the Commanders and um, Jets the week before. I'm wondering if, hey, maybe his, maybe it all was his thumb. Maybe his thumb is getting better, and this is the part where he turns it around. And this is the part where he starts playing up to the level that they need him to play up to in order to elevate this offense. Um, that's my number one to watch for. How does he look? Does he look like he's even better than he was in the Bills game? Still wasn't perfect in that game, but definitely looked noticeably better against a better defense. Um, so hopefully starts to round into form. I mean, it's not too late. They're only three and five. The NFC is a bit of a mess right now. It's not too late. Um, my second is Christian Watson, if he plays. Um, both Rodgers and LaFleur said that he was going to be a big part of the game plan, and they had a lot of plays drawn up specifically for him before he got hurt. And it's been really tough for him. He has just not been able to stay on the field. And I would just love to see what the plan for him, for him in this offense is because it seems like his speed is really important to what they want to be doing. And then my last one is... Jamal Williams, because I I love Jamal, and I'll always love Jamal. Um, but, Dad, those are our players to watch. Score predictions? Yeah. Uh, just one thing I wanted to add there. You're talking about uh, Rodgers' thumb getting better. And I'm thinking, you know, we, we had this stretch of kind of bad play. Once you had this one stretch where the offensive line was kind of a mess. And as that started to get better, we had the thumb games. So we, you, we, it's I'm hoping now we can get to the point where the offensive line is looking better. And his thumb is healed, so because it's like a different reason for why the offense looks so bad for a stretch of like six weeks. And I'm hoping that we'll see yeah. that everything starts to come together. So, but at the risk of sounding at the risk of sounding like Aaron Rodgers fanboys, I I do think that he's not as bad as he's been. I do think the thumb has had something to do with it. It is yeah. hard to grip a football without your thumb being 100. percent it's yeah. just, and, it's and we're, so we're not saying he's been good. We're just saying this is maybe why. Yeah, I I think there are underlying factors as to why he has been so poor. Like his play has been so poor this year. But dad, score prediction? So I'm thinking I'm going with the Packers actually able to do some more on offense. Um, but Detroit has been able to as well. So I'm go, but I'm going Packers 31-24. A little bit of a high nice. scoring game compared to I've what got the Packers s- have been doing. I've got a similar one. I've got the Packers 28-24. I think that it's going to be kind of a high-scoring game, but the Packers do play with a slower pace, so I don't think it's going to be quite as high-scoring as some of the Lions' other games. I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be a little too close for comfort, but I do think the Packers, like, we're going to feel pretty good about how they played in this game. And, you know, the Lions' divisional opponents are hard, and I know the Lions only have one win, but they're a tough matchup, and they... I mean, not not necessarily a div, any divisional matchup is tough. You play them twice a year. They play us tough, even when they had Matt Patricia hold literally holding them back. And I mean, yes. anything can, can happen in these divisional games. Can we start think... to bring Matt Patricia back to the back to the Lions? Hey, he's actually coordinating a decent offense in New England. Um, but I will say that I think that the score is going to be close, and people are going to be upset that the score is close. But it's a divisional game, and you'll take those wins when you can get them. I think the Packers are going to look pretty good doing it. I think they're still going to struggle with the run game, and it's going to be really annoying with that, uh, that front. But I think the Packers are going to pull it out 28-24. But anyway, anything else you want to add before we wrap it up here? I think that's all I have for today. Cool. Well, 
thanks again so much for listening, y'all. Uh, we will be doing our post game on Sunday night if you want to come give it a listen, hopefully after a Packers win. If you want to check us out on Twitter, like we said earlier, at Father Son Packer. If you want to find us on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. If you follow and subscribe there, it would really help our numbers, and we really appreciate it. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon. Wherever you can find podcasts, that's where we are. But until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.